0: So as we were listening to the Lord describe this scene at the end of the world where all of us, whether we realize it now or not, we will all be gathered together with all the people that have ever lived or will live in this world and all of us will be assembled in one great throng. And the Lord will separate us, as He said, into two groups. There'll be the group on His right, and there will be the group on His left. And I'm sure with me, as you were listening to this, that we are hoping and praying that we will be with that group on the right among the sheep and not with the goats on his left. This is what we all desire. And this is the image and the scene of what we often have called the final judgment. And it's almost like getting the final score on a big test. Either pass or fail. And what this teaching of Jesus reveals to us is that our whole life, at the moment when you and I were able to discern the difference between good and evil, of what is right and wrong, you and I started answering the questions on this test. And perhaps for many parts of our life or years, we did not realize that the different choices that we were making were having eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. What's beautiful about this is the Lord, because of His mercy in giving us this teaching, this is not going to be a surprise exam. Remember those in in our younger years? I hated those, because I was never ready. We know what the questions are right now. And we know the answer that the Lord wants us to give to these questions, and we also know what the final outcome will be by how we answer. These questions are not written on paper, but these questions are coming at us every day, all day long. And Jesus is the one asking and putting the questions to us. And they are coming to us through the eyes, through the faces, through the hearts and the lives of every single person that God puts on our path. When Jesus descended into our human life, and took on our human nature, he bound himself so closely with each one of us that he could say, whatever you do, you have done it to me. Or whatever you did not do, you did not do it for me. What are these questions? They're actually very simple. The ones that Jesus is asking us through the the eyes, the faces, and the hearts of the people around us are like these. Do you love me? Will you love me when it's hard to love me? When you will you love me when I'm struggling? Will you be there for me when life is hard? Will you affirm my goodness and my dignity? Or will you give me back my dignity that I may have lost years ago? Will you help me feel that I am special? Will you help me to see that I am beautiful and that I am precious? And the questions extend even more and get even more practical. If I do not have food, will you give me food if I don't have any? If I am without a home, will you give me shelter? If I should lose my job, will you help me find a job? If I am sick or if I am suffering in any way, will you show me compassion? These are the questions, and many like them, that are coming to us from the Lord in the lives of the people around us. And of course, the question is, how are we answering them? I want to read to you an excerpt from a book, one of the first books I read after I started to like reading, it is on the life of St. Francis, and it's called The Joy, The Perfect Joy of Francis. And it's written by uh, um, a, um, Felix Timmerman, I believe. And this is a scene out of that book. And I just want to read it to you, because this describes the moment when St. Francis realized that the choices he was making mattered and had eternal significance. Returning home one day from the market, Francis was trying to catch up with his father, who was way ahead of him. His horse suddenly sprang aside and stood stock still. A leper was standing in front of him. The leper was bald and covered with sores. His chin was eaten away, and his nose was nothing but a little red hole. A dark stream of blood was running down from his left eye, which bulged out like a frog's. Only one finger was left on his right hand, and the leper looked up at Francis with infinite sadness. Francis felt his hair standing on end from horror, and fear of infection gripped his throat. He quickly gave his horse the spurs and galloped away. He did not dare look back. His hat fell off, but he paid no attention. Yet, as he rode on, he remembered the message of the gospel. Then he said to himself, You actor, you are moved with tears when you read the gospel. But when you meet someone whose suffering is the truest continuation on this earth of our Lord's passion, you are so selfish that you run away. He felt intensely ashamed of himself. Suddenly he turned his horse around and rode back. The leper was still standing there. The smell nearly made Francis faint. Nevertheless, he dismounted and bowed to this man in whom he saw an image of Jesus Christ in all his suffering. All concern for his own life vanished. He felt nothing but love and he kissed the man on his cleft lips. The leper wept, and his tears mingled with the stream of blood on his cheeks. His jaws moved as he tried to say something, but he could say nothing, because he no longer had any time. the Lord gives us the key to helping us to answer this question or these many questions in the right way. It is by the gift of faith to recognize that Jesus Christ is truly present in every single person we know and meet. And this is what the life of Blessed Mother Teresa was reminding us of every single day that she lived. That the person we meet is Jesus in all of His distressing disguises. And perhaps sometimes it's easier to believe in the true presence of Christ here in the Eucharist than for us to believe also that He is truly present in each one of us. A Jewish rabbi was trying to teach a similar lesson to his pupils. He said to them, How can you tell when the darkness has ended and the daylight has begun? One of them said, Is it when you can see a tree far away and tell whether it's an apple tree or a pear tree? Nope, that's not it. Another pupil said, is it when you see an animal from a distance and can tell whether it's a dog or a wolf? That's not it either. The rabbi said, you can tell when the day the darkness has ended and the daylight has begun. When you can look into the face of every woman, man, and child and see the face of a brother and a sister. Because if you cannot yet see that, it is still night. It is still night. So when Jesus comes to us in the Eucharist, perhaps as we hear this teaching of Jesus, we are feeling like our hearts need to be converted more deeply. And perhaps that there is a spiritual blindness that has set in. And that maybe my eyes, the eyes of my heart, need to be opened so that I can see as God sees. Because if I can see and realize that everything I do to you, or do not do, I am doing or not doing it to Jesus. Would this not change my whole life? I want to end with just a little quote from a lay woman who lived in France during World War II. She, along with several other people, tried to bring this message to their lives in the daily life of French society. She writes about her experience one day on a subway train. Listen to how this ordinary experience becomes completely transformed because she takes to heart this message of Jesus. Lord, let the thick skin that covers me not be a hindrance to you. Pass through it. My eyes, my hands, my mouth, my body are yours. This sad lady sitting in front of me, here is my mouth for you to smile at her. This child so pale, he's almost gray, Here are my eyes for you to gaze upon him lovingly. This man, so tired, so weary, here is my body, so that you may give him my seat. And here is my voice, so that you may say softly to him, Please, sir, sit down here. This smug man, so dull, so hard, here is my heart that you may love Him more strongly than He has ever been loved before. Jesus Christ wants to reign over our hearts through love. May this Eucharist help Him to extend that reign over us so that we may help Him to extend it into and over the lives of